Alright, welcome back to the Beyond Domesticated podcast. I am your host, Cody. This is episode 3 of the Beyond Domesticated podcast. Uh, And today we're going to be talking about backyard meat production, specifically poultry. Raising poultry of various kinds is something that my wife and I started doing in early 2020. And so I have some experience from then on. I also have experience raising different types of poultry growing up. Um, at the small hobby farm that I grew up on. So I do have some experience when talking about the the various species that I'm going to be discussing today. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get right into it. So why would you want to raise poultry for your backyard meat production? There are a lot of different options for backyard meat production. You have poultry, you have rabbits, sheep, goats, cows, what have you. Depending on the size of your backyard, you can raise whatever. I feel that Poultry is a really easy way to get in. Uh, The cost to entry is very low. They're very easy to find. Uh, You can do it quite easily just going down to your local feed store in the spring. And whether you're starting with chicks or you're starting with ducklings or what have you, it's a very easy thing to get into. It's an awesome way to start raising your own protein. Between the meat and the eggs that you can get from poultry, it's just a really, really good way to go. Obviously, with the eggs, If you are squeamish about butchering animals or you're concerned with that aspect of it, you don't have to butcher them. They'll lay the eggs for you and away you can go with that. Obviously, there are several different types of poultry. So the ones that I'm kind of going to be touching on today, um, not all of them will be as in-depth. Obviously, I'll, I'll explain when we get there. So the four types of poultry that we'll be touching on today are going to be chickens, ducks, quail, and turkeys. I have a lot of experience with the chickens, the ducks, and the quail at this point, and I had some experience raising turkeys growing up in 4-H, so I'll be able to kind of touch on those a little bit, but it's not going to be as in-depth as the first three. When would you want to get going with poultry? Early spring is one of the best times to get started. The feed stores will have the chicks available. You'll have a lot easier time having a brooder indoors when it's cooler. If it's hot outside, hot indoors the last thing you want is a tote full of chicken crap because it's going to stink and it's going to draw flies like you wouldn't believe so your best option is to get them in the early spring get them raised up get them feathered out so that way they can go outside before it starts getting hot and that way you keep the stink and the poop and the flies outdoors let's say that you're wanting to raise these animals purely to butcher out so you're going to get them march 1st you want to raise your animals for meat so with Ducks, you're looking probably about mid-May. If you get them on that March 1st, by mid-May, they'll be ready to butcher out. Chickens, if you get the Cornish cross, late April, they're ready to go. Quail are going to be even faster mid-April. They'll be ready to go. And turkeys take a little bit longer to go, so it's going to be early July before they'll be ready to butcher out. But obviously, you're getting more meat. So that's one thing to really look at. If you're interested more in the egg production, then... Ducks, you're looking at October before you're going to start getting eggs. Chickens, you're looking mid to late July, early August is going to be your kind of your sweet spot when they finally start laying. Quail, they're going to be ready in laying mid-April. They are just a, such a fast turnaround. And turkeys, most people don't think about eating turkey eggs. They actually seat more of a seasonal thing. But it takes seven months for them to get to the point where they're laying. So October is realistically when they could start laying. But their seasonal, the seasonality of them laying is looking more like the following year. So that's just some things to keep in mind. 
when you're actually trying to select what animal you want to raise on your homestead. Okay, but of those four that I've listed out, which one's going to be the best for you? Um, there's no one answer for everybody, although I am biased, and I will get to my bias towards the end of this thing here. Let's kind of run down a quick pros and cons list of the four poultry that I have listed out here. Let's start with chickens. Everybody knows chicken. Chicken is a very traditional animal on a homestead, obviously. They're relatively tough. You can free range them. You can get them extremely cheap at your local feed stores. Uh, they can be, like I said, they can be free ranged or they can be cooped. So that's up to you if you want to keep them in a run, if you want to keep them in a tractor, you can do all of that. Everybody knows what to do with a chicken egg. Everybody knows what to do with chicken. So they're easy to market if you're looking to sell them. It's not like you're trying to learn something new to cook and trying to find new recipes to raise or to eat different things like with duck, for instance. You're going to have to try something different. You're not just going to eat the same recipes that you're used to eating chicken. Chicken's a very easy plug and play animal. You can use chickens to actually do light tilling in your garden areas. So if you pen them up for a couple of days in the garden area, they'll kind of scratch the surface quite a bit. They're not going to go through and dig it up like a pig will, but you will be able to get that. Chicken eggs are easy to incubate, which is fantastic if you're looking to kind of propagate your own animals and raise more of your own animals that way. And they're relatively easy to process. Of the four types of poultry that I'm talking about today, I would say they're the second easiest type to process out. Um, obviously, you're going to have to have more equipment to be able to do that. You're going to have to have scalder, all of that kind of stuff, or you should. I guess you don't have to. You could do it a really difficult way if you felt like it, but I would recommend at least having a scalder. And then pluckers and all that would make it easier as well, but it's not necessary. A couple of disadvantages to raising chickens. They do take longer to mature to the point where they're ready to start laying eggs if you're going with the laying bird, compared to quail. Obviously, quail are a quick turnaround. Um, the dual-purpose birds that you can buy, they don't really work so well for meat. People will try to sell you on, oh, it's a dual-purpose, you can eat them, blah, blah, blah. They don't taste as good. They're going to be tougher than your Cornish cross. They're not going to be what people are used to getting out of the store. And so that might be a difficult transition for people. It's not going to be the same flavor profile. even though, Say you raise Cornish cross, they're not going to be the same profile anyways. But it'll be even further from that. So keep that in mind. It can be very noisy. Obviously, roosters. But even if you get a flock of hens around and they're all squawking, they can get loud. Not allowed in some of the urban and suburban areas. Some places are getting better about that, letting you have four hens or what have you. Generally, they don't let you have roosters. I guess it's better than nothing, but whatever, you know, that's why I live out in the country. If you free range your chickens, they will crap on everything, everywhere. Anything you think you have that you like that is nice, they will poop on it. Keep that in mind. I'm learning this the hard way, and I have to now build a coop and run for our chickens because I'm sick of them crapping on everything. So that is one major thing to keep in mind with chickens. All right, so next up on the list is ducks. And I'm going to kind of break the ducks into two different categories. So we have your traditional ducks, which are going to be your rowans, your pecans, your run, not necessarily your runners, I guess, so much for meat, but that type of duck. Then there's also a type of duck called the Muscovy duck. We just recently added Muscovy ducks to our homestead. So I don't have as much 
knowledge and experience with them, although I've been doing a lot of reading lately, been doing a lot of research about them, so I will speak to some of that. But I know more about the, the traditional Rowan Pekin style duck, so a lot of my information will be focused on that area. Alright, with the pros of having ducks. Personally, for me, they are cute. They're adorable. I love having them. They go around and they play in the water and they're adorable as ducklings. And they're just, they're a very cute animal to have. They're a lot of fun to watch. They bring me a lot of pleasure just being on my homestead. And so not everything has to be about dollars and cents. You know, if it brings you pleasure to have it on your homestead, even if it's not maybe the most financially best thing, have them. Why not? What, what, what's stopping you? Just like with the chickens, you can either free range them or keep them in a coop. Um, if you free range them, they will range a little further away from the coop than, say, the chickens will. So that's something to kind of keep in mind. I have seen them out quite a bit further away, but they do come back. They lay bigger eggs that are higher in protein, and a lot of people who are allergic to eggs will be able to actually eat them. So that's something that's really nice. They're great for baking. Um, just a really good egg. I'm not a big fan of eating them just as an egg, but that's just personal preference. Try it and see what you think. In my experience, they're not as destructive as chickens. Chickens will go into a garden and will destroy plants, eat tomatoes, eat whatever, and they just kind of suck in that way. Ducks we haven't had that much issue with. I can leave my ducks free-ranging. They can wander through the garden, and for the most part, they don't do anything against my plants, which I really like that kind of aspect about them. Um, I feel that they can be trained quite well to respond to human interaction. So you can train your ducks that if you say all ducks go to bed, they go to your coop and away they go for the night. Obviously, that's not as convenient as chickens, which generally will go back to the coop on their own. But at least you can kind of herd them in there easy. But if I'll say, you know, all ducks go to bed and then I'll kind of just walk towards them and they all flock together and run in there. So that's really nice to do. Um, the meat itself is actually a lot higher value. If you ever think about buying duck in the store, it's a higher value, higher dollar amount meat. So that's nice. The higher value meat is really a great aspect of raising ducks. Um, some cities don't actually have ordinances against keeping waterfowl. So maybe look into that if your city doesn't allow you to have chickens. Maybe you can slip in through a loophole and have ducks. Like I said, they're, they're pretty cute, and as long as you keep them penned up, I don't know why your neighbors would complain, but I'm not really understanding why your neighbors complain about most things anyways, so that's why I don't live in a city. But I digress. Anyways, moving on to the cons of keeping ducks. They're harder to incubate. So if you're trying to propagate your own eggs, my wife, God bless her, tried to incubate an entire incubator full of duck eggs and got one duckling out of the entire thing. So that's something to kind of keep in mind. When you're raising them up in the incubator and in just out in the barnyard in your backyard, they are much messier. They will splash water everywhere. They have to have a lot more water, obviously. They use that to clear their, their nasal cavities out on their bills, and they play in it, preen in it, clean in it, all of that. So they will destroy any small ponds you have. If you don't want ponds and free-range ducks, they will wreck it. But if you give them, like we use kiddie pools, it's a great way to go. They're not very durable. You have to replace them quite frequently, but it gives them a lot of water and a lot of surface area for more ducks to get inside of. If you're looking to buy ducklings, traditionally they're going to be more expensive 
than buying chicks in a feed store or ordering chicks through a hatchery. One thing to kind of watch for, though, is that some feed stores will get them and won't be able to sell them. And so they actually give you a discount on them when they get a little bit older and they're just trying to move those birds. When you go to process a duck out, first of all, there's less meat on a duck than there would be on a comparable sized chicken. So that's something to keep in mind. Most of the duck meat is going to be concentrated in the breast. You get a little bit out of the legs, but it's not really worth even messing around with. So most of your meat from the ducks is going to be on the breast. They are more difficult to clean. The pin feathers don't like to come out. I've been told that if you time it right with their molt and everything, you can make it a little bit easier on yourself. You can use wax to try to get the feathers out. I don't know. I haven't tried that. But I will tell you that if you don't do those things, they are a pain in the butt to try to get cleaned. So keep that in mind if you're planning on processing your own birds out. These are going to be harder than all the rest of the animals on this list. When you're raising your ducks, they will slow their egg production down in winter. All of our poultry slows its egg production in winter, but ducks seem particularly susceptible to this. They'll slow quicker, they'll slow earlier, and they'll kind of hold out a little later into the spring. Obviously, once they start laying, it's just kind of a game of hide-and-seek trying to find their eggs, and they'll lay quite a bit during their season, but they are definitely more seasonal laying compared to our chickens. Um, the only other con that I really had for ducks is that, for in our experience at least, they are much more susceptible to bumblefoot. So they'll either injure their foot, they'll injure their leg, and you'll have a gimpy duck. It's not the end of the world, but it is just something to keep in mind. Okay, so that was for the traditional ducks. Now we're going to kind of touch on them scoby ducks, which, like I said, is something we just kind of added to our homestead here not too long ago. But we're super excited about them, and I'm going to kind of go through a couple of the reasons why we're so pumped to have them around here. First of all, they are bigger. Quite a bit bigger, especially the drakes. Big, big size difference. Like, you wouldn't even believe it until you see these ducks side by side with a regular rowan duck. And they are quite a bit larger. From everything I've read, muscovies are actually really easy to clean compared to a regular duck as well. So I'm excited for that portion to maybe make our processing a little bit easier. And the huge, huge reason, the main reason that we went for these animals is that they will grow and hatch their own young. So that is what we're really looking for is something that we can just kind of let go on and do its thing. And it'll raise babies for us. So that way we don't have to incubate. We don't have to put anything in a brooder. We just let mama do what mama wants to do. And we get baby Muscovy ducklings out of it. Now, all that being said, there are some cons to having Muscovies over the Pekin Rowan Standard Ducks. They are harder to contain. They can fly way better than you would think they'd be able to fly. Let me tell you what. So, they can jump over fences without a problem unless you really clip their wings. And even then, I, you'd have to have a pretty tall fence from what I can see. Because they cleared our fences without any issue and were... I don't know, 30 feet in the air flying away from it. So that's something to keep in mind. You do have to keep their wings clipped just to keep them kind of contained in their area. They're more dangerous compared to a standard duck because they have actual claws on their feet. Wild Muscovy ducks actually will roost in trees and lay their eggs in trees. So that's something to keep in mind that those ducks actually have claws for gripping the tree branches. 
but they also use them to defend themselves. So they can really tear you up if you're not being careful and not wearing long sleeves and all of that. So something to keep in mind, you know, they are a little bit more dangerous than your typical standard duck. Alright, so that's the ducklings. Let's go ahead and touch very briefly on turkeys. Obviously, raising turkeys up, you're going to get a lot more meat off of them compared to ducks, chickens, quails, all of that. They're hardy once you get them to a certain size. Baby turkeys will try to kill themselves in all sorts of creative ways. So keep that in mind that they can be a little trickier to get to size. But once you get them to a certain size, they will be very hardy and quite hard to kill unless you have predator issues. Predators negate everything and they will wipe you out if you're not careful. Always have a good predator protection plan. When it comes to processing, they're quite similar to raising and processing chickens. Obviously, they're a little bit bigger. If you have a big enough scalder, big enough plucker, all of that, then they're going to clean out pretty much like a big chicken. Unless you let them get way, way, way too big and then you're going to be doing it by hand. But, you know, at least you can do it. They're not going to have the pin feather problems that ducks have. So they're relatively easy to clean. They're just going to take you a little bit longer, obviously, than trying to clean a chicken because there's a lot more bird there to clean. Like I said, I haven't raised these ones since I was a kid, so I don't have a lot of different points to be able to throw at you about these turkeys or about turkeys, period. But, you know, that's kind of my experience. That's what I remember with them. So I am looking forward to adding turkeys here probably in the next couple of years. It's not in this year's plan, but maybe for next spring, we'll add a couple of turkeys to our homestead just to try to diversify a little bit more, add a different type of meat source into our food system. And now for my favorite type of poultry to raise, quail. Let me run through the reasons why quail are my choice. Easy to incubate. Very, very easy to incubate. As long as you control the temperature and keep the humidity within a certain range, they're going to go great. Most hatcheries, you're even shipped eggs, you're looking at a 50% plus incubation rate, which is fantastic. They're very fast growing. You can go from a baby chick fresh out of the egg to six weeks later harvesting that chick out for meat, and it's almost completely grown at that point. If you let it go a couple more weeks, it is completely grown, but you're not getting as much meat in them final weeks so there's really not a whole lot of reason to go that way harvest them a little bit younger save yourself on the feed cost and just go about it that way the eggs they start laying eggs six weeks after you hatch them so you go from a baby little puffball to six weeks later it's laying eggs and seven to eight weeks it's laying eggs regularly so that's a fantastic turnaround you can't touch that with any other bird on a homestead that is your go-to. If you're looking to immediately add meat and egg production, it's going to be the quail. Personally, I feel that quail are a very pretty bird. You can get just a traditional jumbo, brown, Egyptian, that kind of coloration. Or you can go through and there is a rainbow of different colors of quail. So if you're looking to get something that's a little bit different, a little bit more exotic for your homestead, quail are awesome way to go and you can just really add a new flavor a new life to your homestead and add kind of a fun little bird you can keep quail in such a small area that you would not believe obviously you need to kind of do some research into it there's competing theories on how much space each quail actually needs if you add just one stack of quail cages that's three cages two foot by three foot to your homestead you could feed a family of four 
a meal of quail once a week in perpetuity as long as you keep hatching eggs. That is an incredibly abundant meat source that is quick turnaround and quick to produce. You really can't beat that with anything. You keep your animal on the put on the hoof, as so to speak, and you don't even have to be raising them in one giant push like we do with our Cornish cross or like we do with our meat ducks. You're able to just kind of do a little bit at a time. They're incredibly fast to process. You can process a quail from it's wandering around in its cage to it's ready for a bag in about 45 seconds. And all you need to do it is scissors. It is crazy how fast you can process a quail once you get into just a little bit of a rhythm. The first time that I processed quail out, by the fifth one, I was under a minute processing each quail. Crazy, crazy fast, crazy easy. You can't beat it at all. Compared to any other poultry, it beats them all hands down. So if you're looking for something that's going to be easy for you to process, quick turnaround on production, and just taste amazing, quail's going to be your way to go. If you're looking for something that you're going to be able to reproduce more of your own animals inexpensively and be able to continue that production up for your homestead, look into the quail. The eggs, obviously, you're going to get quite a few eggs. You're going to be able to put them in the incubator. 20, I think it's 20 days later, they're hatched, they're running around, and you're off to the races. They're really cheap and easy to kind of kick up your production if you want to. So say something happens and meat's not as readily available at the grocery store, and you need to be able to eat quickly. If you were trying to raise even Cornish Cross out, you know, you're eight weeks out from the time you get chicks. You can be constantly in production and have a rotation going to where you just always have quail going. And at that point, you would just throw a couple extra eggs in the incubator and wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. You know, eight weeks later, you're eating more quail. So that's something really to keep in mind with all the crap going on in the world, the craziness going on in the world. When things were happening and meat was scarce in the grocery stores, quail, all you had to do was start feeding a little bit extra and away you go. Quail are one of those things where the urban and suburban areas where they have a lot more laws and ordinances against what you can and can't do on your own personal property, quail are going to be a way you're going to be able to skirt around almost all of those. Very few places have ordinances against raising game birds, which is what a quail essentially is, a game bird. It's what it's classified as. If you're living in a suburban area, you're really wanting to be able to up your own production. You want to add different type of protein to your homestead, but you're not allowed to have ducks. You're not allowed to have chickens. Probably not allowed to have turkeys, but you're not allowed to have those things. Quail are a great way to go. If you have a garage, if you have a carport, if you have a shed that you can have where it's not always 150 degrees in there when it gets hot, quail will be able to go in there just fine. And you can have that stack. Like I said, it doesn't take up a whole lot of space. Two foot by three foot footprint. Anybody can make that happen if they have a garage or anything like that. All right. So obviously I am quite enamored with raising quail. However, I will tell you right out the gate that they are not without their problems. You do have to incubate them. The type of quail that most people raise in the United States at this point is the Caternix quail, which is a Japanese quail been bred for domestication for a long long time and they very very rarely at this point will actually lay on their own eggs and hatch the eggs out it's kind of been bred out of them they're just far too domesticated for that 
So you you will have to have incubator. You will be incubating and having to rear the chicks yourself. Once they do hatch, baby quail chicks are the most suicidal creatures on the planet. They think they're the greatest scuba divers out there, and they will try to dive headlong into their water bowl. So you got to watch that. They will crush each other in the middle of the night because the temperature changed one degree. So you've got to get your systems dialed in. Once you get them dialed in, and once the quail get to a certain size, generally they're a lot better about it. After a couple of days, they'll stop trying to drown themselves for the most part. So once you get past the first, I'd say, 72-ish hours, they're a lot easier to take care of. But they can be suicidal, so just a heads up on that. Another thing to keep in mind with quail is that you're not going to be able to free range them. These aren't going to be like the rest of the birds that we talked about where you can kind of raise them to a certain size and let them roam around your property. Because they're a game bird, because they, they are just like regular, you know, quail where they'll flush and they'll fly, but they're not coming back. Once they flush and fly, unless you catch them, they're gone. So you have to keep them in some sort of aviary, some sort of cage setup, something along those lines. Otherwise, they're just going to be gone. So you'll obviously have to have more of a predator protection system going for those animals because they are dumb and they will sit there and just get slaughtered. So keep that in mind with raising up quail. The only other real downside that I will say against quail is that obviously it's going to take more of them to make a meal. Um, you're looking at probably two to three quail per person per meal. So that's kind of your, your baseline that you're going to have to be looking at when you're raising these animals, processing them out to eat is... You know, that's how you're going to have to base your meals off of. But the meat is quite delicious. And personally, I would rather take five less minutes to process out the amount of quail I need for a meal compared to processing out a chicken and having to go through all the mess and hassle that cleaning a chicken is. So it's just something personal preference to keep in mind. Um, maybe some people don't like the taste of quail. So Maybe find someone local that you can purchase a couple off of to try out before you dive headlong into it. But to me, they're a delicious bird, and they're, they are the way to go. All right, so I've touched on a lot of these briefly, but here towards the end of the podcast, we're going to kind of summarize the eight reasons that I feel quail are the way to go for your homestead. First off, they will produce meat and eggs faster than anything else you can raise on your homestead. Like I've been touching on constantly through this podcast, they are the way to go for fast turnaround, fast production. You're going to see a result quickly. Second, once your flock is up and running, you can ramp up production in a hurry. Like I was talking about, all you got to do is throw more eggs into the incubator and away you go with raising more quail. So that's really a good thing to know. And to have that in your back pocket that if something happens, you're able to make more food quickly. Third is just going to be the ease of processing. Um, I cannot stress enough how easy it is to process quail out compared to every other type of poultry that I've ever had to mess with. It is night and day different, and you will thank me in the long run. Fourth is the fact that they are allowed in places other animals aren't allowed. Suburban, urban areas where livestock is banned, these are going to be the birds to go with. HOAs where livestock is banned, these are going to be what you want. So keep that in mind. People who are raising and trying to live more self-sufficiently in those environments, take a look at quail. They're going to be surprising for you. I kind of cheated with five and six here, so I'm going to lump them together. Eggs are delicious. The meat is delicious. 
The eggs are more buttery, more creamy than a standard chicken egg. Again, they're kind of like the duck eggs where a lot of people who are allergic to chicken eggs or think they have an egg allergy can go ahead and eat the quail eggs. This is not medical advice. Try it carefully before you just dive into an omelet. But this is something that a lot of people are able to do. They are a little bit higher in protein than a standard chicken egg as well. So that's something to keep in mind. The meat is a delicacy. It's kind of like eating dove. Our favorite way to do it is stuff it full of cream cheese, jalapeno, wrap it up in bacon, and cook it. So good, so tasty. It's pretty much all dark meat, so you have all that flavor there. It's just a wonderful, wonderful meat to eat. Number seven is that they don't take up a lot of space. You can raise them in a two foot by three foot footprint, and that will be plenty to feed you and your family, like I said, at least one meal a week eating quail. So that's something to keep in mind that if you're tight on space like we are, we only have an acre and a half here. So let's say I was looking at, you know, less than an acre of land to work with, quail would be the way to go just because you can raise them in such a small area and get so much production out of them. And finally on this list is the fact that they're a lot easier to turn around and sell and market to your area compared to ducks and chickens. Personally, I've seen this a lot where on Craigslist, things like that, you know, people will be giving chickens away. They can't get rid of them. You don't have that problem with quail. You're not going to get rich trying to sell them. And if you flood your local area, it's not going to be as easy to do. But say you have 10, 15 extra birds, it's really easy to sell those as live birds. Or depending on the laws in your area, you could process them out and sell them as meat to people as well. So those are, that's another thing to really keep in mind that if you have the extra birds, if you're trying to make a little money to help cover your feed costs, quail are an awesome way to go. All right, so we are winding down here for the podcast, but I wanted to give you guys a couple of resources that if you're interested in learning more about raising quail, that you could go and learn some more about them. So YouTube is a huge, huge resource when it comes to raising quail. There are going to be three different YouTube channels that I'm going to suggest the number one godfather of them all is going to be my Shire Fawn. They do all sorts of different videos on the colors, on raising quail, everything from incubating to brooder to raising them up to processing them out. Every step of raising quail, my Shire Farms has covered it. Next on the list is going to be Caternix Corn. This guy's name is Terry. He's very knowledgeable. Um, I have watched his processing video several times. Every time I go to process them, I watch that video again just because I retain more that way. And he did a really great video on processing quail up. Um, the last person that I would recommend is going to be called Slightly Rednecked. He's a little bit um, different, a little bit more off the wall with some of his stuff. But he's really entertaining to watch, and you'll learn a lot from him. The last resource that I wanted to share today is going to be where to get quail eggs. So, most people, when they get quail, they're not going to buy birds to start with. They're harder to go to a feed store and get baby quail chicks because most feed stores aren't going to carry baby quail chicks. So you're going to want to order eggs, and the easiest way to do that, honestly, is going to be online. Um, they're a little bit more expensive because you got to pay for shipping that way, but you know what you're getting. So the two places that I would go to order eggs would, again, be My Shire Farms. Can't recommend them enough. They do fantastic work. My only complaint with them is that they have a hard time keeping up with demand for their eggs, which, you know what, they keep ramping up and keep ramping up, so I can't really fault them for that. They're trying to keep up. It's just everybody wants their eggs. 
the other one that I've personally ordered from, but I haven't received my chicks from yet, is going to be Southwest Gamebirds. They're, I think, out of Arizona. And they also come quite highly recommended. They don't have as many varieties as my Shire Farms, but they were seem to be more reliable in their shipping and availability of birds. So I'm looking forward to getting their birds here soon. They should be actually shipping out here within a week. So I should be getting my quail eggs soon and kind of work with those. Last place that I would recommend is going to be your local area. So check out Craigslist, check out your local Facebook groups, that kind of thing. The first live birds that I purchased were actually from a somewhat local farmer about 50 miles away. And it was a very bad experience, quite frankly, because they were, I think they were their aggressive coal birds and they just kind of pawned them off on me. But that is one thing to keep in mind that that is a possibility. Maybe your local farmer is just trying to get rid of their birds that they really don't want anymore. So those would be the first ones to get sold off. Anyways, I hope this conversation today kind of helped you to consider different types of poultry and narrow in on your choice. If that choice is quail, awesome. I always love to preach uh, quail to people, but if it's one of the other birds, awesome. Good for you. I'm happy for you. I have all of them except turkeys on my homestead at this point as well, so it just is what it is. Anyways, I'm going to stop rambling and go ahead and sign off. Remember, be undomesticated.